Thanks for listening to the Lovejoy United podcast from Lovejoy United Presbyterian Church in Wood River, Illinois. We are a welcoming community of faithful disciples committed to filling Christ's example, joyfully serving through compassion, mission, justice, and all-inclusive grace. To learn more, go to our website, lovejoyupc.org. Our gospel reading today comes from Mark's gospel. Hear again what the Spirit is saying to the church. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, when I was younger, I was never a big talker, which is why I always thought of myself more as a listener than I was a talker. But the truth is, though, I wasn't much of a listener either. This revelation came to me most clearly in one of my freshman college social work classes when I was paired up with another student and we had to practice interviewing one another using some of the techniques we had been learning in class. My partner and I sat in a little recording studio in our department building while a camera recorded us interviewing one another using the made up prompts our teacher had given us. A couple of days later, I sat down with my teacher to watch the interview that we had done and give a self critique about how I did. My teacher, she pressed play on the recording and we watched my classmates sit down in the chair across from me. But before I could even introduce myself as the social worker, just as we were taught to do, my partner with very convincing acting skills nearly burst into tears and began to tell me she was supposed to start a new job the next day. But her car was broken down and her kid was home at sick and she couldn't afford to fix her car or get childcare. And now she was worried she'd miss her first day of work and lose this job she hadn't even started yet. When this client of mine, my classmate, stopped to take a breath, I looked at her, and then I said what I'd been trying to work in the whole time. Hi, I'm Daniel. How are you today? My teacher, she paused the video, and she opened her eyes were wide and said, Daniel, she just word vomited all over the place, and you acted like she hadn't said anything at all. It was true. That whole time, I was so worried about saying the right thing that I didn't actually listen to what she was saying to me. I was a terrible listener. I was not alone. Lots of people are bad listeners for a whole host of reasons. Peter was a bad listener. 
The passage that comes before the transfiguration story today is an excellent example of this. Jesus musters up all the courage he has to tell his disciples that his life will be coming to an end soon on a cross, no less. And Peter may well have responded, hi, Jesus, how are you today? Peter does not hear what Jesus is saying. Peter doesn't want to hear what Jesus is saying. In my case, my lack of listening came really from self-consciousness. I was worried that I wouldn't have the right words to say, so much so that I focused only on my words and not on my client's words. But for Peter, he didn't listen because he was afraid of the words Jesus was saying. He did not want to hear that Jesus would be crucified. Lots of us are bad listeners. I wonder what keeps you from listening to others. I wonder what keeps you from listening to God. I just started a new book this week by my second favorite Jesuit, Father James Martin. It's called Learning to Pray. Father Martin begins by listing 10 reasons why believers don't pray. And what strikes me as really interesting is that many of the reasons people don't pray are also the same reasons people don't listen. People don't pray because they're self-conscious, Father Martin writes, and they don't know the right words to say. They don't pray because they're afraid of what prayer might tell them, like Peter was afraid of what Jesus was saying. They don't pray because they assume God already knows everything they need to say. They don't pray because they're too busy. They don't pray because they fear the change and transformation that prayer might bring in their life. That's so interesting to me, that the hurdles to praying and the hurdles to listening are so similar. Prayer is, after all, kind of listening. Listening to God and listening requires that we practice it, and it's something that we're not always good at. In our gospel reading today, we have yet another instance of Peter struggling to listen And I can't help but think that Jesus used this moment as a teaching opportunity about listening and ultimately a teaching opportunity about prayer. Jesus leads Peter and James and John up to the top of a very high mountain. Luke's account of the story even says that they've ascended the mountain in order to pray. Think about how when you really need to listen to someone or pray, you might eliminate distractions around you. You turn off your TV, you mute your telephone. If your kid or partner needs to tell you something important, you might even go for a walk or a weekend retreat on a mountaintop to give them your full and undivided attention. It's up on this isolated, distraction-free environment that Jesus has taken them to pray. And during that prayer, Jesus is transformed He's transfigured, dazzling white, and joined by Moses and Elijah. And even though scripture tells us that he didn't know what to say, Peter, being Peter, says something anyway. He puts his own words in Jesus' mouth. He makes assumptions about what is happening before him. In other words, Peter's not listening. But then a cloud overshadows them. And a big voice comes out of the cloud, and in my mind, that voice sounds like my college professor, Ms. Osborne, 
Daniel, listen to her. Peter, listen to him. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Listen. And notice in scripture that after this voice tells them to listen, everything and everyone fades away around them. They don't even see Moses and Elijah anymore. They only see Jesus and they see him transformed and transfigured. They saw and encountered Jesus in a new way. Listening helps us to do that, doesn't it? When we listen to someone, we encounter them in a new way. When we listen to God, we encounter God in a new way. In his book, Father Martin gives a little summary of another book on contemplative prayer. And the four stages that people go through in the process of becoming armchair mystics, which I really like that phrase. The first stage is talking at God. Peter excels at this stage, by the way. This is when we focus so much on our own words and making sure that we get our own peace said at God. It's an important stage, though, because it leads us to talking to God instead of just at God, which is using our own words and speaking from the depths of our heart and life. And with time and practice and some help comes the next stage of prayer, which is that listening piece being attentive to the ways God speaks to us in everyday life, realizing that this is really a relationship, and therefore it's got to be a two-way conversation. It's no fun to be in conversation with somebody who never listens. I imagine that's true for God too. But when we get to the point where we start to listen, that leads to the final stage. The final stage of prayer is being with God. The best way I know how to think about that is when you're in a deep friendship or relationship with someone, and you get to that point when you're comfortable just being together, in the car with the radio off, on a walk, eating lunch, in total silence. Have you ever been in that kind of deep relationship with one another? At that point, so much more is happening than just communication. Even though that there are no words spoken, when you get to that point, it's beyond communication, it's communion, and it's transformational. God wants that kind of communion with us. God wants us to listen so that we can know Jesus fully as he is and how fully he loves us. Jesus came to us as a person so that we could have that kind of personal friendship with God. And that takes listening, which takes practice. And sometimes that takes the booming voice of God or a college professor or a friend calling you out on not listening. You know, I have never wanted to hear God speak to me in words, not a single time. Although I do know people who have had that experience, and I'm a little bit jealous of them. But I do know this, when I started to learn how to listen better in college, I also learned more about how to pray. 
that I didn't have to fill every silence with my own silly words, that I had to learn how to have patience when others were slow to speak. Surely God is slow to speak sometimes. And I also learned how to not be fearful of God and what God might be saying. I learned through scripture, through sermons, through church, and through relationships that God loves me so deeply, and so nothing that God can say can scare me. Do not fear, but listen. If you're struggling with listening, I want to share a final word of wisdom with you from Father Martin. He says, trying to imagine what God would say based on what you know about God, that God is loving and kind and gentle is a good way to start. He says this, let's say you've got an elderly friend who is known for giving really good advice. I hope you know some of those people. Gosh, I know several of you in in our church that I think of like this. This friend is wise. She's experienced and compassionate Over the years, you have come to know her outlook on life so that whenever you tell her a problem, sometimes you don't even have to wait for her to respond. You just know what she's going to say. That is one way of listening to God. Because it's often so hard for me to imagine God speaking to me, Father Martin says, I sometimes ask myself, given all that I know about God through Scripture, through my experience, my memories, through the tradition, through the church, I ask, what would God probably say about this? Usually, it's not too hard to imagine, he says. But he gives God the space and the time and the energy to do that. I think perhaps we can give ourselves that opportunity to climb up the steps of the mountain, to follow Jesus to the mountaintop, to the place where we can witness Christ as he truly is, setting ourselves aside a little bit, where we can also be transformed. It is helpful to think about our relationship with God, just like another relationship we share with a friend or family member, that we've got to make time make space to develop this deep relationship. It's not easy, and it requires that kind of energy. And yet such blessing comes when we learn to pray, not only at speaking at God or to God, but also listening to what God is telling us and ultimately being with God, which is our hope and our goal for all of our lives. Thanks be to God for wonderful teachers, for college professors, for preachers and teachers, and for so many of you who are that voice to others, that voice of experience who can share the word of God with us so that we can listen. Thanks be to God for transformation. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember, love God, love neighbor, love joy.